0: Defining the vision of your ideal lifestyle and ideal living environment really helps you ground all of your decision making moving forward. So if at any time you feel unmotivated or feel a little lost uh, when you're tidying um, or overwhelmed, you can take take a step back and make sure that everything you're doing is intentional.
1: Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the KonMari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified KonMari
0: consultants, Kristen Ivy and Karen Sochi. And now here's the show. Hello and welcome to Spark Joy. I'm Kristen. And I'm Karen. And today we're going to talk about the power of vision. We'll explore how you can clarify your vision of the kind of life that you want to live and why it's important step and unfortunately often overlooked when attempting the Kanmari Tidying event. As Marie Kondo states in The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, The question of what you want to own is actually the question of how you want to live your life. So
1: considering how much importance is placed on this idea of creating the vision of your ideal life, you may be thinking, how do you develop this vision and turn it into reality? So first let's discuss some of the basics and then we can look at how it might work in practice and we'll use some of our own real life examples, including our own lives.
0: So KonMari rule number one, as we mentioned, is defining your ideal lifestyle and ideal living environment. It's super important to work on this step before attempting to make any decisions about what to keep or discard when it comes to your possessions. This step really allows you to start to clarify what you want to tidy and identify the kind of life you want to live once you've finished. So, I've worked with clients who've attempted to KonMari their homes um, after they read The Life Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And I noticed uh, when we discussed that process, they they mentioned that they skipped or overlooked the step of really honing in on what their vision is. And I thought about why that might be. And I figured out that it. You know, after you finish reading that book, the first thing you want to do is find something that sparks joy or discard something. Um, So it's easy to, you know, kind of lean into that, to that feeling and overlook the process of just sitting down, being mindful and taking a moment to step back before jumping into something which over time can sometimes be very challenging to set yourself up for success by defining your vision. So that's why we, or at least one reason why we work on that first before jumping into the decluttering process. Another reason is defining the vision of your ideal lifestyle and ideal living environment really helps you ground all of your decision-making moving forward. So if at any time you feel unmotivated or feel a little lost uh, when you're tidying um, or overwhelmed, you can take a, take a step back and make sure that everything you're doing is intentional based on the vision that you've set for yourself and for this event, this process, this major life event in your life. Um, and also, we want to think about how, you know, we have moments where we're torn, right? We may want to keep something You may want to discard. We're not sure. It's kind of a maybe item or um, you've set it aside to maybe address later. That's when this whole idea of your vision can also be super helpful uh, in those tough moments where you're uh, torn about whether to keep something or discard.
1: I think one of the things for a lot of people is this idea of I just want to things to be different instead of thinking what that different looks like. So I think for a lot of folks, when they approach Kanai for the first time, they're thinking in terms of how awful, terrible, and overwhelming everything is without thinking about what's going to replace it. And I think, again, that's one of the really important things about having a vision because you need to know what it is you're going to end up with and and what the result and the um, the end product of all this work is gonna be. So how do you begin this whole idea of creating a vision? It's really important that your vision be specific and focused and intentional. That doesn't mean that you have everything mapped out um, and know exactly what things are gonna look like, but at least you have a very clear vision in your own mind of what your intention for that ideal life is. It can seem really intimidating, but it's very simple to break it down into a few simple ideas. So some questions that you can ask yourself, um, that will get you started thinking about what it would look like for you living your ideal life. Think about what an ideal day would look like for you. What would it be like in the morning? What would you do in the early part of the day? How would you spend your time, um, where would you go? Who would you be with? What things would you be doing? Um, where would you go eat? What would you eat? All of those kind of things. What would be a, your ideal day? How would that day end? What is the ideal moment that would spark joy? Think in terms of a absolutely perfect something delightful. Picture yourself including people, places, and things that you would love to have as part of your reality at this very moment. Think about how much joy they bring you and how bringing those things into your life with greater abundance would bring you closer to that vision.
0: Yeah, it's also really important to hone in on gratitude um, and appreciate the situation you are in now, whatever it may be. Uh, you're, you're alive, you're breathing, your heart's beating, you know, just take a moment to be mindful and appreciate the things around you that are supporting you. They may not be in order, uh, but you're working towards really reflecting on what is in your home. Um, So you want to not only think about what's not working at this moment in your life, but take an assessment of what is working for you in your space. Or, and that involves your your living environment as well as what's working or not working in your life as well. So you wanna consider those things as you're working through your vision. Uh, you also wanna take a look at uh, kind of how you would be living your life if money, time, obligations, were not a constraint at all in your life. So just what would you be doing if none of those factors were maybe blocking you from achieving what you truly want to do with your time, who you want to spend uh, your your life with, who's important, who matters. That's what you wanna put your attention on when you're shaping your vision.
1: And if you take a holistic look at how you're doing in each of the areas of your life today and how you would like them to look in the future, it'll help you get more clarity on what your ideal life looks like. So when you think about career, relationships, hobbies, spirituality, health, finances, community, all of those things that make us who we are, what would be your first five life goals, long or short term, that immediately come to mind as you as they relate to those categories. Close your eyes and imagine you've reached the end of your tidying journey. So everything is exactly as you want it to be. You have gone through the entire process of putting things in category, going through each item, determining whether or not it sparks joy, and then sorting it and storing it in exactly the most perfect way possible. What is your life like now? How do you envision your home looking and how do you feel in your new environment?
0: So Karen and I, we performed our own vision exercises as we embarked on this KonMari journey. Karen, I'm sure you remember the first time um, you worked through your vision. I yeah. remember uh, when I worked through mine, I actually did an assessment of some vision plans that I already created for myself. I'm a very visual person. So I found myself kind of following into falling into this pattern of making these elaborate vision boards. And sometimes you can kind of get caught up in the process. I know mine um, definitely needed some decluttering. (laughs) My vision board had probably over 30 different images on it. Uh, It was from about 2013, I think. And it definitely needed uh, another look. Um, One of my favorite sayings is when everything is important, nothing is important. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was what was happening with my my vision board exercises. So you want to be careful not to go overboard, just really simplify and just Think about, you know, maybe even the top three things that you really would impact your life and um, really create this lasting change if you were able to succeed at those top three items. Uh, And I was able to take a a look back um, at my vision boards after uh, moving forward with Kanmari and getting clear on a lot of the life areas, as we mentioned, career, spirituality, hobbies family, relationships, help. After I did that, I realized that there actually were three major visions that came to reality pretty soon after I completed Kumari. I was able to uh, windsurf for the first time. That was something wow. that I've <laughs> always wanted to try. I was horrible at it, but, huh? um, and my instructor spoke a totally different language than I did, so it was quite an interesting experience. But, I, but it was something I wanted to try and something I eventually want to work hard to get really good at, because it was just really fun and great exercise as well. <laughs> Uh, also, my dog, Carbon, uh, my Yorkie Pooh, she came into my life. I had an, a picture of a dog I saw walking down the street, and I said, That's my dog. And I totally <laughs> stopped a stranger and <laughs> asked if I could take a picture of her dog uh, because it was the exact dog that I wanted. And then, probably less than a year later, Carbon came into my life, and she just turned three.
1: That's so great.
0: And uh, let's see. And also Chicago. I've had Chicago on the brain since 2013. It really wasn't a spontaneous move, uh, but it didn't really, it wasn't able, I wouldn't, wasn't able to feel comfortable or put things in motion until I handled the tidying um, of the things in my life. And, you know, nothing else was in my way in terms of the move. So it ha- even though it had been on my vision board, until I actually completed my tidying event, that's when I was ready to pick everything up and move to a whole different state um, and city. So it's just an example of how we can use our vision board to guide us and motivate us. And now I have uh, kind of a vision board 2.0 where I i have created um, out of kind of fo- found objects, a reusable board. So in- every year, instead of making this elaborate board, I simply can like tack the things that I want up on the board every year, remove them, take them down um, as I complete them, or as I change my mind in terms of what I want to keep up um, up there, a great tip um, is for vision boards is uh, you'll know when they need to be updated when you stop looking at them. So yeah, what that means, point. So essentially what that means is if you have this in a prominent space in your house and you it's there, you know it's there, but you're not really finding that you're inspired by looking at it or even though it's there, you're not really glancing or noticing it, then you know it's kind of expired. So I now have mine in my office here at Studio Tidy, and I love to look at it to inspire me uh, to achieve my goals, not only in business, and but also in my personal life.
1: That's so great. I, I think for me, and the difference for me is that I don't necessarily need to have a, an actual vision board Um I really find that in making sure that the things that are around me are very inspiring. And for me, that's actually an area in our apartment um, that I have kind of made the spot where I've surrounded myself with family photographs and um, little souvenirs and trinkets and photos and paintings that are really it just absolutely, if you walk into this little area of our apartment, you would say, this is, this is the area. Um, and and for me, that's kind of what that vision board is like. My vision, when I was thinking about this, um, it was actually very easy for me to come up with a vision for my ideal life. I think I'm the original definition of fear of missing out person, mm-hmm. because I have been a person of extremes in my life. I have Made several kind of life changing, dramatic moves in not only locations. I was born in Kansas City and just on a whim moved to New York, and then moved to San Francisco and moved to Philadelphia, and then back to New York. Um, changed careers a few times. Um, i have done several things in my life that have just really been majorly um, major shifts, and. And a lot of that was because I I've always wanted to be able to do um to do those kinds of things. And it was always a concern that I would try to have as few physical and and actual ties, obligations as possible. So that if I wanted to change careers or or started do to do work that I wanted to do, try new things and make life changes, that I could do that without Causing harm to anyone or anything in my life, it's one of the main reasons that I don't have a dog or even any plants. And <laughs> my husband and I often joke about how we don't allow animals or dirt in the apartment. <laughs> we have absolutely, besides the, the both of us, nothing living in in this apartment because we don't want to have to worry or take care of it. um Because yeah, we would really, we would really care that 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 things were managed well and taken care of because the things that we do own are really important to us and we want to take care of them. And the only way that I found that I could do that for myself was to have as few things as possible.
0: Yeah, it's so freeing. And I mean, I love that you have a corner of your home that inspires you and it's that's something that is also mentioned in the Kanmari method is this idea of creating this Kanmari power spot or just area in your house that where you can just retreat to and recharge. And it could be a, in a corner of your home or it could be a drawer or a section of your closet or, um, you know, a particular room. It, for one of my clients, actually, she uh, got really into golfing. Uh, she she originally was in real estate, but when the uh, market crashed and there was all that turmoil going on, um, she was laid off and she just had a lot more free time and she started playing the um the Nintendo Wii game, the golf game. Mm-hmm. And sure, she, yeah. yeah, she, she started playing it for fun and she really got into it to the point where now she is an instructor and she works for a nonprofit and organizes golf events and tournaments. And so golf was really important to her and it was the integral part of her vision so what we did is when we looked at her uniforms and all of the colorful um, outfits that she needed to, you know, to go go with her on to the course and to her events, we decided to dedicate one of her closets just to golf items and wow. it's really special. So not only is it functional, uh, but when she opens it, she you know, is immediately, you know, confronted with, with her vision and, you know, that helps her support her life um, and the lifestyle that she wants to live. Right.
1: Um it's, it's really so interesting to work with clients, I think, in the way that we do, because there's just so many there's no end to the the variety of of visions and and life goals that that people have for themselves. Um, a lot of times I've worked with people who are going through major life transitions and um, that new transition is part of their vision. For example, I worked with a a, a couple who had been together for a long time, married, happily married for a very long time. But they had lived in um, a really large, rambling home, and just by um, the nature of time, they had accumulated um, just so many things, lots mm. of things. And they had plenty of room, and it really was never an issue. There was never a question of whether or not they could accommodate um, bringing new things into their into their environment, whether it's furniture or art or clothes or or hobbies, or whatever it was, it just always was room, but they decided that they wanted to move into a much more modern, um, minimalist type environment, a much smaller apartment, and they would only be able to achieve that if they got rid of, of just a huge percentage of the things that they own, but they didn't know where to begin. So being able to um, keep in mind that ultimate goal of being able to move into a home that was um, pared down, elegant, spare, um, and um, that really fit what they saw the rest of their lives um, embracing, meant that they would go through this KonMari process. But keeping that vision of the future home in mind was really the driving force for them through the entire process.
0: Yeah, it's, it's so crucial, not only for couples, but also for families. Uh, I work with a lot of families who are trying to not only declutter their home, but declutter their mental space or their um, time that they, they spend with their family. They want to make it more intentional and more joyful. And so they choose to maybe limit screen time, for example, and uh, as they work through Konmari, uh their family starts to notice, you know, this major change in the home. Mm-hmm. And it is really contagious. Right? So I have a mom of Three that I work with, and her husband decided to bring back kind of um, candlelit dinners on Tuesdays of every week, I believe. And uh, so, you know, that was kind of this special gesture that not only, you know, reminded them that they need to, you know, spend time together away from their children, just something special just for them, uh, and, you know, also taking care of the tidying. Allows for more time to connect, uh, spend time with those who matter, and really make experiences the priority instead of objects.
1: And I I agree with you about the idea that families really can work on this together. Um, I recently have worked with a family that had three young children, um, and the parents had a very simple vision, and it was that when um, they came home, they would not be overwhelmed with the fact that every single surface in the house was covered with kid stuff. And it was just the nature of having three young children. that There were just sure. things for those kids everywhere. Um, and part of the Conmary method and part of the KonMari, um practice for them was coming up with um, the permanent home as it's called, for each type of item. So once their process was completed, there was a spot, an assigned place for each thing that each one of the children needed. And it wasn't all over the mantel, and it wasn't all over the dining room table, and it wasn't all over the kitchen counters, but there was a place for everything. Um... And it was much easier to maintain once they knew where that place was. But that only came about because of their vision, which was very simply that that their home not be overwhelmed with um, all the accoutrement of having three young children.
0: Exactly. So now we have walked through why why setting a vision is so important and a critical step in KonMari. And we've talked a little bit about how we've incorporated – this idea of a vision into our lifestyle, and how clients also have used it to help them continue to be motivated to work through their tidying event and also maintain the tidy uh, post event. Uh, so now uh, we want to talk about how we can, you know, put this in paper uh, or put this on paper for you, uh, create. A written or a visual representation of your ideal lifestyle and living environment. We want you to get out of your head and onto another form of media, as I've mentioned, paper, mm-hmm. Pinterest board, website, diary journal, blog, po- Facebook post, Evernote, anything you want, Um it's some people are more visual um, and some people like to write things out or even talk through a vision with someone else, uh, if that's helpful. You want to uh, establish this tradition of creating a vision board or display or, um, or journal. And if you can, you know, display this proudly in your home, either as a list uh somewhere in the central place of your home or as a visual board that's awesome uh you want to display it proudly and and again as i mentioned refresh it when you stop stop looking at it or stop paying attention or it stops inspiring you
1: so the main idea is that there's really no right or wrong way to do this it's just that it's an important step and for each person them the means by which they are able to get that ideal life, the vision of their ideal life out of their head and onto another type of material, whether it's um, um, a written form, a visual form, or a physical form such as a, a particular corner or area of your home that you've identified as being your, your, your inspiration for your ideal life it's really, it's yours. It's just something that's, that's just for you. Um, it can certainly include other people and hopefully it includes people that you love and that you care about. Um, but it still is about you and it's a very personal thing. Um, as we go further into the Kanmari, um, method, we talk a lot about the importance of sorting through your own things. Um, and establishing that sense that this is, this is mine. This is, this belongs to me in a sense of, this is my life, my one and only life. And this is how, um, how I want to live it and, and what I want that to look like. And for a lot of people being able to just to get it out of um, kind of that dream space in your, in your head, that daydream and onto um, another media is just really helpful. And it seems, again, kind of going back, circling back to what we talked about in the beginning, it's a great way to just ground yourself when you're doing Kanmari so that you always have this vision to come back to.
0: Yeah, Karen, I think that's a great point that you made about how this is really your vision. So uh, it's important to, of course, think about your fam or think about it in context of your family or or others who you uh, want to keep close in your life. But really when you're thinking about finances, hobbies, career choice, or spirituality or community, um, those different kind of pillars of your life, it's important to think about what your vision is, um, separate from maybe what your family would like that vision to be your spouse, your partner. Uh, So it's important to just, just take a step in. And this is just all about you. It's kind of, it's a form of self-love, self-care, this exercise. So it's all about you and just uh, identifying how you want to live your life.
1: And it's really, you. this is just the first step. This is really just saying, this is my vision of my ideal life. It doesn't mean that you're going to, you know, move across the country or um, do anything crazy or drastic. It's just the beginning of thinking about yourself and the life that you want to live. Because if you're not living the life you want to live, what are you doing? Um, exactly. And I think that's really kind of where we get when we start thinking about making changes. But again, this is just the first step it's okay if some of your ideas or thoughts or dreams about yourself seem a little outlandish. Um, time has a way of kind of working those things out for you. Um, it's just important to kind of get into the practice of doing this and just be brave enough to see what leads you. Um, it's certainly, um, it's certainly an interesting experiment and you can always go back to the way you were before. So that's always an option. Um, but maybe this is something different and something new to look at and, and think about.
0: And if at any time this exercise seems to feel uncomfortable, um, I always think about that one of my favorite qu- quotes from Michael Beckwith. It's when pain pushes, your vision pulls. Mm. So sometimes. You know, it. Uh, this might be a reason why why people jump to just making the go/no-go decisions of what you want to keep around you, rather than taking a step back. Because maybe there's some things that um, that when you dig deep and think about how you want to live your life, may come up and maybe a little bit uh, uncomfortable, or maybe a little bit opposite from how someone else in your life sees your. Vision, um, of how you want to live. So, you just want to, you know, take a moment to maybe just, even if it feels uncomfortable, you can take a break, step out of it, come back to it. Um, uh, but sometimes we have to, or things have to get a little bit messy before they uh, get calm again. Just like with uh, tidying. <laughs> so, exactly. so if it's feeling uncomfortable, that might just mean that you're pushing yourself in a in the best way where you're growing. Right.
1: So now that we've talked a little bit about visions and you're living your ideal life, the vision of your ideal life, we'd love to see and hear about your ideal life. Share your vision board with us on Facebook or Twitter at, at SparkJoyPodcast or email us by visiting SparkJoyPodcast.com. We want to see your KonMari lifestyle goals and help you put them into action. While you're there, you can click Ask Spark Joy to leave a question or comment for a chance to be featured on next week's show.
0: Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy.
1: Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your host, Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with Conmari Media Incorporated. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Conmari Media Incorporated or the Conmari consultant community.